Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are listening to The Sound of London. This is Londonist Out Loud. I'm N. Quentin Wolfe. It just so happens that this week's episode takes place about one and a half minutes walk from the location of last week's. But more fool me, I recorded them at completely different times, so I couldn't take advantage of that fact. And although my destination this week is one of those places that wears its purpose in its title, I wasn't really sure what I was letting myself in for. I seem to remember having poked my head around the door of the Museum of Childhood at some point and seeing what looked like an exhibition of African villages. Turns out that's not really representative of what's going on further in. In keeping with the time of year, I guess we're going to be talking a lot about toys in this week's episode. Mostly toys that you definitely won't be buying anybody for Christmas. And of course, where there are toys, there are children. And collectors and podcasters there's a hell of a background din it does make speech a little difficult to hear from time to time but you know in this festive season it's the sound of kids seeing toys and being happy seems pretty appropriate to me hey baby let me take you down to a place of strange sights and sound you ain't never seen the light before just a song through from your front door before the storm. I know what's about to happen. I know that when I open the large set of double doors just there, all hell is going to be unleashed. Hell in the form of small children. Lots of them. With me hiding, I, th- I don't think hiding is too strong a word, in this storeroom, with me is Catherine Howes, who's the collections manager at the V&A Museum of Childhood in Bethnal Green. Hello. Hello there. Are we looking forward to what's about to happen? Oh, we are, definitely. I mean, you've got to have the full experience of the Museum of Childhood. <laughs> I'm already enjoying this place because we are in a room with certainly bits of my childhood and childhoods before that. I can see one of those big orange space hoppers that was all over the place in the 70s, a Dalek. I think I saw a big track on one of the shelves here. Uh, this is looking to be a promising morning. What's the remit of the museum? Well, we're the Museum of Childhood, so we collect Everything to do with childhood, in fact. People sometimes call us the toy museum, but uh, we're so much more than that. So toys, games, dolls, obviously the usual things, but also uh, children's clothing, nursery equipment, things like prams, feeding bottles, all sorts of things. The only thing we don't do is children's books. Uh, oh, why? Well, because because we're part of the V&A, um, obviously they've got a huge book collection. They have the National Art Library. And so all the books in the V&A's collection come under the, the National Art Library. 
And there is a toy museum, isn't there? I was looking at, uh, at toys more generally. There's a toy museum somewhere in, in West London, I think. What's the dividing line then for you if, if we're talking about sort of the experience of a child? Are we limited to kind of material things that they've, they've handled during their childhood? or what, how, how are you defining it? Yeah, well, I would say most of our collection obviously is things. It's the things that children had in the past and the present. We, 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 we come right up to, to, to the present day when it comes to our collecting. Uh, but we also, what's very important to us in, in our collection really is, is trying to gather the children's voices themselves Um, and so we have um, objects of creativity that were produced by children so children's writing sometimes uh, things that children have made so very much you know the whole the whole experience yeah that's what I I think I was digging for actually I was wondering whether we go down the road of what it is to be a child how it feels to be a kid well that's obviously very difficult I mean most memories of childhood come from adults and they're sort of looking back Um, and I mean that that, you know that's important and we get a lot of information that way but for us, the stories associated with the objects are very important. So when we collect something, we will get that memory. But even more important is something if, if, if we've got something that actually is directly associated you know, with, with the objects that we're getting contemporary with the objects. I can give you a, a wonderful example of something we've had in the collection just recently is, is some teddy bears that were given to us. Not, uh, not, G- not Giles Brandreth. <laughs> It's not Giles Brandreth, ah. <laughs> although yes, of course he's famous for his teddy bear collection. This is uh, well, actually, it's, it's quite a quite a famous chap called uh, David Munro, um, who was a uh, early English uh, musicologist um, who who died young, unfortunately. Uh, but he, when he was young, he had teddy bears and he created plays starring these teddy bears and other others of his toys. And when he used to go on holiday, he was obviously allowed to take one of his favourite toys but he wrote letters back to the other ones and we have been given the teddy bears that he owned plus the plays that he wrote and the letters that he wrote so it's amazing Mm. you know a a real snapshot of childhood well we're going to be i think braving the throng upstairs uh, having a poke around and perhaps going to have a look at some of the highlights of the collection i hope One of the benefits of you being here to guide us is that we can dispense with that first layer of stuff. You know, when you get into any subject, there's a a first layer that the newbie has to climb through and, uh, you know, the sparkly stuff that naturally attracts their attention. Um, What is that first layer here? What's the the, the sort of popular eye candy stuff that we're going to get rid of and go to the more interesting stuff? Well, I don't know. It's all interesting. You know, I'm not not sure about, you know, digging layers. But when when people come here, they do have their favourite objects. Well, the building itself actually is an amazing object in yes, itself. It is. So yeah, I absolutely. that might be the first layer that you're looking at. It's you know it's an incredible building. Um, it's got something we, of the of the train station about it. It does and people say they it's either a train station or a swimming pool, but that's something to do with the noise as well, I think. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's it's it, it's basically it's a temporary Victorian structure um, that was moved to here from, from South Kensington. Really? Yeah. <laughs> What's it doing here? Well, it's being a museum. It was always a museum. It was the first V&A museum, South Kensington Museum. Um, it was moved here um, in 1872 and rebuilt. Obviously, it, it, it had brickwork, you know, and, and a lot of the stuff was added to it. But the interior ironwork structure is the original. It's, it, it was along the lines of the, the Crystal Palace, that, that sort of structure. Um, and a lot of um, buildings, pre, they were only prefabs. They were, they were temporary. And they were all built that way at that time. Um, this is actually one of the, the, the few survivors this uh, sounds like a rather odd place to move uh, anything of this of this level of grandeur, I suppose, to in the Victorian period, because this was a really rough area at that time. Yeah, I know. I mean, here we are in the east end of London, and you can imagine, uh, you know, 1872, that time, this was a pretty rough uh, rough area, deprived area, a lot of poverty. Um, it, it was an amazing thing. 
actually the, the fact was that the, the, the local worthies in, in this area had been agitating for a museum for some time, um, even before they were offered this, this, this structure, which was lucky because they had a bit of land here, um, and then somebody came and offered them the building, which, which was marvellous. They were supposed to run it. They, the, the, only, the only sort of, I suppose, downside of that, it was going to be a local sort of museum science and edu- an education centre. There was going to be sort of a library. There was going to be a technical school, um, you know, for, lo- lots of stuff going on. By the time it was actually built, um, the locals said, sorry, we haven't got enough money to run it now. So the V&A took it over from the very beginning. Hmm. Well, uh, we've got to do it, haven't we? Got we have it. got to do it, yes. And that's, that's the history out of the way. So I think we should just <laughs> look, look at the objects. Now, do we need, because we may not be able to uh, hear anything that the other person is saying for the next 40 minutes, what are you going to be showing us? Well, I think we'll we'll walk around the galleries. As I say we'll, we'll pick out maybe some 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 of our more interesting and amazing objects, um, but maybe look at how the museum is laid out, things like that. We've got a, a, a really interesting temporary exhibition on at the moment on board games, which kind of shows you the kind of you know, the sorts of, of family friendly exhibitions that we that we put on here, um, and hopefully, well, we will. We'll hear a lot of people enjoying themselves. <laughs> Right. Now, after the big build-up, I'm sure they'll all... It's, it's just about coming up for lunchtime. I reckon they'll all have uh, scarpered and be quietly eating a sandwich in a corner. Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. What's our first port of call? Well, I think we'll go up to the Creativity Gallery. Yes, that's, a, that's a very good place to start when it comes to talking about childhood. Oh, there's something so infectious about all these smiley faces. Yeah, they're having a good time. It's a, it's a mixture of people having their lunch, which of course they're enjoying it, and then uh, people going in for their teaching session. Oh, and up here in the gallery, we've actually got an activity going on, so even more noise. Just as we go up, the uh, the learning centre there is called Claw, and I recognise that name from the Claw Ballroom in the in the Royal Festival Hall. Who who was Claw? The Claw family is one of the, the, the big patrons of the, of the arts, particularly education in museums. And in fact, a lot of museums around London have their Claw Education Centre, and we're just one of them. Now, I, I told you it was going to be noisy. If, back, if background noise isn't your thing, uh, oh boy, this isn't the episode for you. We've stopped outside one of the cabinets up here. There's a second gallery further up looking down onto the main hall. If you think of all those lovely Victorian town halls, that's the kind of vibe you've got here, a little more spacious though. And the glass cabinet in front of which we've stopped has uh, a large image of a child drawing. Uh, looks like he's from the uh, 30s or 40s. Uh, there's a much more uh, etch-a-sketchy 80s vibe on the box nearby, a packet of Crayola crayons. What have we got here? Well, we're here actually, we're, we're at the end of the creativity gallery and the end of the creativity process. So this, this case is actually showing us children's own work, um, you know, o- over a couple of hundred years, in fact. Um, so we've got all sorts of things. As I said, we've got the quite modern Crayola stuff, but we've also got some uh, earlier drawings, um, that were done by and, and paint boxes and painting materials that were done. All all this work in the case is done by children. Well, these are actually superb. In fact, at least one of the images here. If you told me that that was a 17th century political cartoon, I'd believe you. 
Well, yeah, no, it, it could be. And, and th- this one, this one particular that we're looking at here, um, is uh, was a, a very famous um, chap in Vienna who, who uh, got a lot of children together to, to create art, uh, Francis Sizek. And um, uh, a lot of his pupils uh, went on to become famous artists later in life. And he, he, he obviously had, he had an eye for people with talent. Now, I don't believe these are by children. I'm looking for expert depictions of birds. They're, they're not really by children. Oh, they are. They are. They definitely are. So the, the ones here, we have some... Well, we have an amazing... An example of a, just one booklet that we have that was put together by a couple of girls for their father. And uh, they used to do this every Easter, every Christmas for his birthday. So they do these wonderful drawings and they would also then um, uh, illustrate these booklets with these amazing pictures. The uh, four that I'm looking at here, the quartet of pictures, would be perfectly at home in uh, one of those large illustrated books to help you identify bird life in Britain. Oh, yes, they are. But actually, in fact, these ones are from a sort of a teaching thing from ah, school. So actually, yes. these ones are. This one here, the one with the two ducks, is, is I think, a, a, you would admit, a, a, another beautiful illustration. And well, that, that is done beautiful. by by, uh, by children. That's but these these ones are, yes, they are they are published ones that were used in school. But people would have copied them, the idea. Well, let's move away from plagiarism. <laughs> yes. Being four years old is no excuse. And uh, you're taking us along the gallery. Where are we off to next? Well, I think we're, we're, we'll go down to, to, to look at some sort of um, inspiration. So the, the creativity gallery is laid out so that it... It looks at the imagination first of, of, of children and then the sort of inspiration. And then the actual, you know trialling out to testing stuff so when, when they you know things like construction toys that's, mm. uh, that's what we've got there so you you know well, we call it try 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 again you know something is not going to work the first time but it doesn't matter because you're just you know it's part of the creativity process you're you know, they're having fun so so we have all these things that, that inspire um, children uh, and one of them of course is uh, superheroes uh, and and we have space a bit further down here with Star Wars and things like that so of course what popular culture is a huge huge thing as part of childhood now um, but actually the popular culture has been going on for longer probably than people think they, go so, they associate it with more of the modern um, television and film things but actually books in the 19th century produced you know, a lot more from character merchandise of various sorts Alice in Wonderland is a, is a good example so you would have had packs of cards based on that um, and of course once Beatrix Potter started doing her books I know that's sort of beginning of the 20th century um, she was actually very keen on, on making as much money as she could out of, out of the process and, and, and was you know produced they, they had soft toys they had games uh, based on her characters as well I always imagine it was a very very new phenomenon the, the cabinet we're looking at here if you're into your action models of uh, Marvel and DC comic characters then uh, well you this is going to be nectar for you we've got Wolverine We've got, um, oh, I don't know enough of them. We've got a bloke in a mask, you know, that bloke. Yeah, we've got the Incredibles, we've Incredibles, got Thunder, yes. Thunderbirds, of course, which is uh, uh, the Ninja Turtles, uh, which, which seem to keep, you know, keep going and going in new, new incarnations. But of course, the thing about this, these sort of figures is that, you know, all right, you know, they're children's toys, but actually, you know, adults are, are very much into this as well. Well, I was going to ask you about that, because it... I don't know. There's that whole kid alt idea, isn't there? That grown-ups are much more into kids' stuff than they should be, probably. Certainly much more so than they were. If you look back 50 or 60 years, you get people aged 20 uh, wearing uh, tweed jackets and trying to act like a grown-up, and now it's uh, you know, 50 years old and you're collecting these figurines. Uh, is, is that... I mean, is that... 
that's my impression of it. Is that borne out in your experience? Oh, no, I think definitely, yes, yes. I mean, and, and the whole sort of second childhood. I think second childhood thing has happened for, for longer. But you're right, this, this idea of, of, of adults now being able to uh, maybe appreciate things that are, that are, that are more childish, um, it's, I, I think it's a good thing. And, it's, uh, I, I, and I'm also part of this, this um, you know, board game playing, which, which I'm particularly interested in at the moment because we have the exhibition. And that's obviously one of the things that people, the younger, young adults are discovering that and discovering that it's a, it's a fun thing to do. I always got the impression that, that board games and parlour games are a slightly more controlled environment for people to have fun in, you know, organised fun. Uh, yes, I suppose it is. You always have rules, don't you? Well, exactly, so, yeah. yeah. Whereas this second child, because second childhood used to mean that decline that one experiences in old age. Yes, well, for me, I think sec- well, well, I, when I regard a second childhood is, 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 is people who, that, who collect, you know, dinky toys or mm. Hornby trains and things like that. So, um, and in fact, of course, the, 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 the companies that make these completely cater for that now so you have the fact that those sort of things were made just for children um, and now they're made in fact just for adults just for collectors yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it, it must be that in amongst all the pieces here you've got one or two that people would give their eye teeth to get hold of um, I think so. I mean, you talk about collectors. Um, I mean, one, one of the things we do have, have in, in the collection is, is the Palatoy archive. So the Palatoy company um, were a big British company who, who existed from, you know, the sort of 1930s onwards, went bust in the 1980s. They made the original Star Wars um, toys and also Action Man, the Action Man, first Action Man stuff in, in England. When the company went bust, they, they basically they gave us their stuff. So we, um, we, we have in the collection a lot of this early material, which is amazing to have. Um, but we also have, they collected, as well as their own things, they collected toys and games that were made by their competitors. Um, and they also had a lot of designs uh, from, from themselves and from other people, which, of course, I mean, that, that's another very interesting part of our collection that people might think that we have. We do have sort of archives um, that sort of look at look sort of behind, behind the sort of toys and games and, and, and the way they were designed, the people who designed them, people who sold them, things like that. Should we carry on moving? Yeah, let's, let's go. If you wanted to dress up as a Thunderbird, there's the necessary costume there cast figurines for uh, what looks like it might be a TV show or a film called The Black Hole yes, That was a television series, sci-fi television series of uh, quite a long time ago a whole, well, a whole case devoted to Star Wars of course Well, of course. And we got those, was it Kenner figures? No, Palatoy um, and Kenner, Kenner, Kenner were the uh, American um, sort of arms, same company so now we've got to start collecting uh, the new Star Wars stuff as well of course so we have, we have the, the old stuff, then we have the next incarnation and now the new films are coming out so uh, we've, got, we've got the Millennium Falcon there from, from The Force Awakens Just a, a word of advice to you listener uh, if uh, back in the 80s, if you threw away uh, a large number of Star Wars toys, what you shouldn't do is go onto eBay now and find out what they were worth, because um, you know you, you'll spend weeks in a deep despond. That may have happened to me. It, it sounds like it has. It, it may have done. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Yes, yeah, but you would have had to keep the keep the packaging as well. So. Oh, they're not worth anything without the packaging? Well, no, they, they can be worth things without the packaging. But, oh, you uh, just get, I just had a glimmer of hope there. But, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, this is all a bit creepy. Yes, well, this, this, this is another inspiration case here, and actually these are artist toys. Um, so, in effect, though, some of them may have been played with. A lot of the things in this case were created by 
artists and sort of artists' ideas of, of, of what a toy might be. And of course, it doesn't always uh, come to, to, to pass that that's the case. If you wanted to traumatise a child, I think this is the toy collection to give them, don't you? What we're looking at here. Well, there's a clown. That's a bad place to start. And then we've got what look like 1950s television puppets. I've no idea if they ever were. But they've got wax faces that are kind of hideous. They're grotesques. Yeah, well, they're, they're supposed to be burglars, actually. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Policing would be very easy if all burglars yeah, looked I, like that. But, yes, easily identifiable as burglars, obviously, yes, yes. And then there's a uh, then there's a life-size owl who looks big enough to take you out with one swipe. Well, it's actually a playset, um, and, and, and these are very popular. You know, just uh, a, an easy costume to just put on. 1957. Yeah. Hey, can we move on? I'm not enjoying this at all. When you say that these are artists' ideas of what toys could be, though, what are you talking about? Are they prototypes for toys? Exactly, no, no. And, and I mean, some of them, we've got a very good example here uh, of a toy village, which actually would have been used as a toy and was made. And this was made by the artist David Jones, who was part of the... Um, uh, Mark, part of the monkeys? Uh, no, not, not, that, oh. not that. David Jones. <laughs> he had a locker? No. No, 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 no. David, David. Okay. Uh, now, he, he, he worked down in Ditchling with people like Eric Gill. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. And, uh, and so he, I mean, he made this, and, and you know, in, in the sort of family situation they had down there, these would actually probably would have been played with. Um, and then we have another example. This, this is an, an, a modern version of a Noah's Ark, which is based on one that we have in the museum. So um, a, this, a modern. This toy is maker. one that you have in the museum. It is also one we have yes. in the museum. What do you mean it's based on one that you have? It's, it's based on an older, an older version of, of a Noah's Ark that's in the museum as well. Uh-huh. So uh, this looks like a Swiss Noah's Ark. German, possibly well, Swiss. I, I don't know. It looks, looks Swiss to me. Really? If you remove the boat part of that, you could easily place that on an app, and nobody will complain. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, possibly. But yeah, I, I wasn't aware that Noah's Arks existed in Switzerland. Well, well, you're not exactly a, surrounded by the sea. And <laughs> One, one mountain is very much like another. I don't, I don't know. This is a this is a, 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 a actually a modern toy maker uh, who, who actually did did design it as a toy. So, uh, whereas this Happy Birthday House probably not a toy, but somebody's idea of, of creating a, a house as a, as a birthday present with all sorts of things going on there. Yeah, this is chaos. There's uh, 309 parts for a child to poke their eye out on on, yeah, on this. Definitely, definitely not a toy. Very beautiful, though. And it's a sort of a ragdoll uh, treehouse type arrangement. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Ah, now, we've got one of these. Oh, I've been distracted by trolls. I know. Well, they're in, in the news again at the moment, aren't they? Are they? In, in the consciousness of the moment. There's a new film. Oh, is there? New film. I thought we'd escape them. No, uh, new film. And they've got, like, bright pink hair and, and uh, yeah, and a vegetarian. They haven't tried to revive those Cabbage Patch kids, have they? Well, that has happened, yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyway, um, a, a memory from my childhood here. I spent uh, about half of my childhood, uh, morning, noon and night, trying to disentangle the strings of these things. Very simple idea. Uh, you've got a, a wooden cross at the top, and each of the, uh, the ends is attached to a bit of a, in this case, a flamingo. Very, very simple, and its feet walk, walk along if you uh, wiggle the wooden bits. And I, I spent my entire childhood just trying to pick apart the strings of these things. Put, put two of those together, you're finished. And that's the, probably the simplest puppet you can get. Yeah, I know. What, 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 what would you have been like oh. with a Pelham puppet? 
we've got, we've got some I'd of I'd still be working on it now. <laughs> but they usually do come to us, actually, with the strings all completely well, there we go. So who gets yeah. the job of undoing those? Uh, our conservators. Which actually br- brings me to the question, uh, because a lot of people who work in uh, your sort of line of work have, have often previously worked doing a similar sort of thing, but with a different uh, sort of collection. So I was wondering what what your previous collections might have been, or have you always been here? Um, I've always been here, yeah. actually. Uh, yeah, but this, this has been my, my one museum curation experience, mm. so, yeah. How long have I'm you lucky. been? I'm lucky, in a way. I've been here over 25 years now. Wow. That's impressive. Thank you. How has the place changed <laughs> in that time? It's changed quite a lot. I mean, we've redisplayed it twice. Yeah. Uh, we're just planning the next one, so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the collection's grown, and, yeah... But it, it's an amazing place, amazing building, amazing people who work here, which is, you know, helps. <laughs> We've reached the doll cabinet here, and there's some quite extravagant uh, stuff. There's a Mar- that looks like Marie Antoinette in ragdoll form. Yes, well, this... Well, it looks like Elton John in ragdoll form. <laughs> this is one of what we call a school for scandal dolls, so they're, they're based on the, uh, the Sheridan play, characters from the Sheridan play. Um, they were actually thought to be contemporary, uh, uh, but, but uh, were later discovered to be uh, fakes made in the 1930s. Um, uh, because actually, yes, they, I mean, even though they are wooden dolls that you would expect from the earlier period, these were quite, as you can see, they're quite strange looking. Uh, <laughs> uh, with lots of bits and very high hairstyles and fancy costumes. The one next to it is, is somebody, a modern interpretation of, of the same doll. Um, that was that was made for our. Um, we had a, a, a party-based exhibition in our front room gallery, uh, and this was one of the exhibits. Looks a lot like Rice and Perry to me. Actually, it does. You know, I hadn't thought of that. But you're right. Well, you're never going to see this in the same way. No, I'm not. I'm not. But that's an amazing costume. About half of the cabinets that we've walked past so far have had something in them that's had a sort of a creepy resonance. What is that all about, that creepy resonance that you get with kids' toys? Why should that be? Because they don't seem that way when you're playing with them as a child. No, you don't. That, and that, 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 that's an interesting point. I don't, children don't see that, that sort of creepy aspect. No, and doll, dolls in particular. I mean, some people get totally creeped out by dolls as, as adults, but as children, not, you know... So why do you think we come to invest them with that, yeah. uh, with that quality? Well, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that much. I mean, I mean ch- children, of course, you know, readily accept most things that go on in their lives I think so that you know especially when it comes to toys and they think it's something to play with it's going to be fine and I think you know as we grow older and we uh, we just learn more about the world and we could be looking at something and thinking you know why, why did that why was that designed like that like, you know was there some sort of ulterior motive going on well you've said that we just, just we just get too clever don't we it's <laughs> We've just, we've just arrived at a cabinet where uh, those sorts of thoughts might be pr- promoted by what's within uh, Cindy, Barbie, those kind of strange, inhuman figures that um, maybe little girls are encouraged to aspire to one day, or I don't know. Similarly, we've got Action Man down here. And I was just thinking, with that sort of thing, or with, I guess, gollies might be another one in question, do you have to start thinking carefully about what does or doesn't go on display as, as time moves on? Obviously, we do have to be aware of current sensibilities towards certain things that we might have in the collection. Um, I mean, from, from just from a collecting point of view, of course, you know, these were part of some of, of childhood at some stage, and you can't you can't just ignore that fact. You can't. It's like trying to sweep some parts of history under the carpet, which some countries do do. But um, it's it's you know, when it comes to something as important as childhood, actually, I think 
you have to retain the good with sometimes the bad. What would you think of in the collection then that might give us a discordant window into something in the past, you know, a toy that, that, that raises questions in some way? Well, I suppose, I mean, the, the, the golly is, is the obvious one. So we, we are very careful to explain. Um, and it's, it's similarly, I mean, the whole museum has a, has, has a whole kind of, you know, back, back story, obviously, to a lot of, particularly sort of you're talking racial stereotypes of any sort that were depicted in the past, names that were given to, you know, to people or to, or to toys that, that, you know, you wouldn't use today, but that you sometimes have to use in a historical context, which you then... Get, you know, we, we go to great pains to, to explain uh, why this is and, and, and how we do realise that you know we're not we're not trying to give offence you know that, uh, because that's not that's not what, what we do. Were there, were there any other toys then on a on a par with gollies? You know, for example, depicting other racial types, or were there were there other toys of that sort? Um, there were some. I mean, I'm thinking we have some mechanical toys that were based on sort of the, the ch- Chinamen working sort of on the on the docks or something like that, which, which uh, again would have been, um, you know, at the time I suppose it, it wasn't seen as anything. But now people might look at that toy and think, you know, it's depicting something that's uh, maybe a little bit unsavoury. But one of the other things that we would have problems with in general would be. Uh, maybe even soldiers and guns in particular, I mean, you know, displaying guns because people have very strong views about those as toys. Yeah. Um, although, of course, you know, again, you know, people have played you know, with those sort of things. We had a whole exhibition, actually, about war games, all war games, looking at... Uh, and we were asking people to think about it rather than telling people what to think about how people, you know, how conflict has, has it all inspired, you know, toy manufacturer, toys and game manufacturer, and how people have always played, you know, that with, with those sort of toys and also just acted out um, in a belligerent manner. And why that might be, is, you know, is it part of human nature, whatever? Yeah. What, what do you think? That's always fascinated me as a, as a question, why it is we uh, thrust a, a plastic gun into a small child's hand? Well, I suppose uh, initially things like the toy soldiers and toy guns, they were made as replicas of things that were being used. Um, and so there's, there's a certain amount of tradition there, I think. Um, and of course, I mean, traditionally people do have fought each other, whether it's been with guns or with swords or with anything, with rocks, you know, since time immemorial. Um, and I suppose it is, it is it, it's part of a lot of human nature. I don't know. To, I'm not to, gonna, murder, I'm not gonna to say, murder everyone no, around you. <laughs> I suppose you're right. No, I don't. I wasn't going to go as far as saying murder. <laughs> Slaughter. You know, Massacre. No. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, no, please Slight. don't. <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow. This is very exciting. If I'm, we're coming up behind it, if this is what I think it is. Yes, it is. Oh, this is beautiful. Okay, we are looking at uh, something. It's a proscenium uh, arch of about uh, foot and a half on an amazing velvet-lined wooden base, and it goes back uh, further than it is wide, and it means that all sorts of different sceneries can be dropped into the various uh, slats as you go back into the uh, depths of this toy stage, and there are some figurines there. This is incredible. Now, this is actually... this is You're obviously into your toy theatres. Well, it's very... No, I, I didn't realise I was until now. <laughs> Okay, so this is this is uh, yeah this this is this is an amazing toy actually, and this this is a, a particularly uh, quite, quite quite an old one actually, and it comes. This Eight, is ju- eighteen twenty five. Thank you for reading the label. That's yes. great. Very well. I'm very done. good at that. <laughs> <laughs> 
It wasn't oh, easy to get this job, you know. <laughs> you could do my job, yes. <laughs> Um, this, this particular theatre actually comes with many, many different scenes it was, it was put together because you could buy all sorts of, obviously, depending on what play you were putting on or, or the background. In fact, the, the proscenium, as you said, is, 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 is an Egyptian thing. It doesn't belong to the, uh, to the bucolic scene which is set behind it um, where we've got some, some woodland and some sort of people with a horse and cart and people walking around. Um, but these were, I mean, I think similar, similarly to, to dolls' houses, um, these were these were very popular toys, sort of, uh, particularly maybe 18th, 19th century. Well, they um, didn't have TV. Exactly, and this was, and, 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 and as well as like playing with dolls' houses, this was you making your own entertainment, not and not for yourself, but you know you'd be doing it for your family or your friends, um, and it was yeah, as I say, extremely popular. I've been working on a bit of a theory with TV. Because this oh, yeah. is essentially the, the same size and shape as one of those old Grundig tellies from the 70s. It's, yeah. a, it's the same deal. And I, I've got an idea that the reason that we love staring at phones and we love staring at TVs is in some way connected with that primitive desire to stare into the flames of a fire because you've got warmth and you've got safety there or something like that. And we've somehow conflated the staring into an entertainment of about that size, which we seem very keen on, with the staring into the, the, uh, the box with the light in it. And that has given us TV. What do you think? I, I, I think that's very interesting. And of course, the, these weren't the only things that, uh, that you could stare into. I mean, peep shows, for instance, was, a, was another amazing thing, uh, which we might get round to. Peep eventually. shows for children? Peep, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought peep shows were all about uh, you know what the butler was getting up to. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh. No, not, not, not the early ones. I've been, getting, no, I've been no, frequenting no. the wrong place. So. <laughs> no, peep, peep shows are much earlier than that. Oh, well, can we have a look at a peep show? Are we they, can have a look at a peep show. Where are yeah. they? Right, actually, diagonally opposite us here. So it would take us a little while. We could walk, walk through the moving toys gallery. Right, let's go. To it. Yes, past a lot of very, uh, very lifelike moving mannequins in fluorescent blazers. They're very realistic. Yes, they're very realistic. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and they sometimes dress up in, in different costumes as well. Yes, all how, by themselves. How many children do you have here at any given point? It's mayhem. Hundreds, literally hundreds. We can have five or six hundred school school children here at any one time. Honestly, I would just freak out knowing that, 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 that there were that many children. You know when you, you know when you have a house party, when your parents go away, you have a house party, and uh, it's all good fun, and then too many people turn up, and you start to get that feeling of oh no, what's going on here. I would feel like that all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, I suppose I'm used to it. Yeah. Resignation. Yes. <laughs> and 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 for the most part, they they are you know they're, they're well behaved. Yeah, they do seem look, looked after by their by their uh, teachers and parents and things. So. We've got some dolls <laughs> there, pictures of children playing uh, uh, being a bank there, teddy bears. We're going to whistle past all the uh, yeah, yeah. articulated teddy bears. My, one of my personal favourite objects in the whole museum, this teddy bear down here. Because he look, he look, he's, he's sad, isn't he? He was never loved. He was never bought. He's, he's got his label on him, his original label. And so now he's imprisoned ever, here. Shall we, yeah, but, uh, shall we set him free? Uh, no, sorry, can't, can't do that. But I do give him a hug every so often. Do you really? Yeah. If, if I have to open the case for any reason, you know, I'll have, I'll have a quick word, make sure he's okay. Don't you feel that might upset all the other teddy bears? Yeah, maybe I shouldn't show such favouritism, but... Well, some of them don't look that content with their, their lot, do they? No. That monkey looks a bit peeved. Yeah, I, I think they've been talking, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> He's spreading discontent. <laughs> you want to watch him? <laughs> I think he's a troublemaker. OK, we've got more puppets with strings. Oh, keep me away from the puppets with strings. Look, we've got more strings, more, lots more strings. Tank. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tangled in the case, I noticed. That's very unprofessional. Yes, we haven't, we haven't uh, untangled all of them. Now this, oh, these ones don't have strings. You're all right. So we've got a puppet theatre here, and this is on a scale that surely no child would ever hope to afford. Uh, no, no, no. This, this, would, this would be adult or family entertainment uh, for, for a very rich family. Um, yes, it, it actually comes from, from Venice, uh, and, and the Italian theatres um, were... I mean, Commedia dell'arte was there. The, 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 the form of, of, of plays and was translated into, into puppet theatre. Very and popular. It, and this is 12 feet high with um, uh, everything's very ornate and uh, gilt and there's an oil painting of well, somewhere in Venice or Rome or yeah, in the background. Yeah, I think that's uh, St Mark's Square there, um, I, I believe. Did anybody ever actually own this or was this...? It, well, it, it, it came from, from a palace, yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't know exactly who, who used it, but yes. So That's less very, something that you would have in your front room and more something that you would use as your front room. Yeah, I think so. You could. You could. You could live in there easily. Yeah. It takes some explaining, but... Yeah. And yet more puppets. Yet more puppets, yeah. I didn't realise puppets were so big. Oh, we've got a Charlie Chaplin puppet here. Was it... Was he an EastEnder? Have I made that up? I think yeah, he was, yeah. Limehouse, I think. Was he from Limehouse? Oh. Why do I think he was from Limehouse? I don't know. Or that, maybe that's Limelight, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting confused. Yeah, London. Yeah. No, no, he, well, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. You, this, a, this is the da- dancing. The dancing uh, Charlie yeah. illusion. So you, yeah, because you put a very thin piece of string or thread through his arms, and so you could make him move, and, and it doesn't look like anything is holding him up. Yeah, in this age of CGI, I feel that that would be seen through pretty quickly. I think probably yes. Yeah. Okay, and we've got yeah. You know, I can see a hint of political incorrectness going on in the background there. Um, a very interesting chap in a turban as well. Yes. In fact, lots of different characters. The more I linger over this collection, the more I start to feel a little twitchy. Yes, clowns, skeletons—it's all there, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Um, this is actually Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd children's toys. Puppets. Yeah, well, yeah, but my. Yeah. I mean, he's got a knife uh, tucked into his apron. Really? <laughs> um, 
Uh, to be fair, I think these ones were for more general entertainment. These, the, the, these were made by uh, by someone who, who put on puppet shows, not just for children. It would have been for, for adults as well. So, um, so, uh, but you know, a nice gory story like, like Sweeney Todd. Children lap it up. Well, we're going through the uh, rocking horse section of the museum here. There are two children next to each other on parallel rocking horses, racing each other furiously, completely unaware that neither shall ever win. <laughs> I know, but they love it. It's a, a very, very simple interactives go down very well here. We're now in the moving toys gallery. Right, good. So uh, every, everything moving. We're starting from, with, with very simple movement down here. Um, we'll be working our way through up through some more complicated things as we walk down. So we've got rocking back and forth. We've got rocking cars back. of all sorts here. Yeah, so, uh, so the pushing and pulling. We've got some toys over there that work by gravity or by steam. So sort of natural, natural elements helping things. Steam-powered children's toys. Yeah, we, can we see one of them? Trains. Yes, we've got some. Um, oh. Not surely not actually powered by steam. Yes. Yes. Uh, like, well, this, this, this is a modern example. This is the, we're talking about the collectors. So this is the, the Mallard by Hornby. Uh, but yes, live steam. So this looks like a, a, tra- a train set as you would think of one. No, it can't really have steam in it. That would, uh, that would injure a child, wouldn't it? Well, this particular one, of course, is, is for adults today. Right. But, you know, 100 years ago, I mean, health and safety wasn't so prevalent. I suppose if you're sticking them up chimneys, then, uh, you know, why not burn their hands uh, off with a bit of steam? These ones here are a spirit burning, you know. <laughs> and this one's made out of shards <laughs> of glass. <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe not quite, but obviously yes, uh, uh, people... I mean, you know, life's dangerous, you know. Toys can be dangerous too. It certainly is if you've got naked flames in your children's toys. And uh, boats and parachutes. Yeah, w- you know, wind, wind power. Yeah, there's another one. I, I have one of those. There's a, a skydiver kite. And uh, that, that functions essentially like a kite. But instead of a, a triangle, you've got a parachute with a, uh, a little plastic guy who you fill up with water. And he's attached to the parachute, obviously, with a lot of strings. And guess what happens to the strings? They get tangled. They get a... You've played with this, obviously. And when you've finished untangling your puppets, then you have to start on your little dangling man. Sand-operated toys here. Sand toys, again, a a popular, older toy. The uh, 19th century works by a little little wheel, like a water wheel, only the sand goes through it. And as the wheel moves, it makes a little figure on the other side move. Very clever mm. and, and fa- fascinating. And children today find these fascinating. Very simple thing. Don't you get the impression that children of yesteryear must have been temperamentally different to? Because a, ch- a child today, I can sort of imagine that being in pieces in about a, a second. Yes, I suppose there's also the fact that you know there would have been a lot less for children to, to play with in the past, and so the toys that they had probably they appreciated more. I mean, children today, I think, have so much. It's yeah. Their, yeah. Are we? Yeah. I mean, we're we're spoiled in the wider sense, aren't we? As uh, as human beings, yes. too much yes. stuff. Yeah, definitely too much stuff. Do you see that reflected in the way that kids, not all kids, obviously, but in the in the way that kids approach what's on display? I'm asking, are they tough to impress? Yeah. Um, actually, I don't think so. Because they know they're coming to a museum, so they know this. They know this is something a bit special. And actually, to see something 
older, obviously we do we have we have modern toys as well, but to see something older that was played with, I, I think does fascinate them in a way that modern toys don't. Mm. Mm. Uh, we're passing a, an oil painting here. This is how children. Well, apparently beat, beating each other to a pulp is one of the pastimes on display here. Several of the children are happily engaged in that. <laughs> yeah, this, these are, these are schoolboys, and obviously, yes, there's a bit of a tussle going on, but uh, the others are playing with spinning tops. It was, uh, I mean, a, a toy that's been around probably hundreds, if not thousands of years, um, and, and very popular. Oh, and we've got some spinning tops and, and, in the display case. And, yeah, and then we've got some, uh, some old ones and some new ones. We've got some humming, humming tops. And I suppose maybe not quite as popular these days, just the you know, sort of modern, modern tops, but, you know, a simple thing. Sometimes the simple things are the best. I wonder if there isn't a big market for making a modern equivalent. Because I was looking, for example, at, uh, at a plastic thing there. It looks like some sort of helicopter. And when I say helicopter, I mean a three-pronged bit of plastic. And you, you pull a cord and it flies up in the sky. Yeah, you, you pass a branch of Maplins, they've got drones going for two, three, four, five hundred pounds. Um, I, I wonder if there isn't a, a consumerist-driven agenda to make very simple things uh, big and complicated and expensive. It's more complicated, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, with, with the rise of technology, you know, they want to put it in everything. Um, and I mean, it's going to be tried at least once. And I think, I mean, you know, you see it with toys, you know, dig- digital toys. Although I must say, I think over the maybe the last ten years, there, there's been a little falling away from that. So this year, for instance, I, um, I, I was expecting to see a lot more, as you say, drone-based toys, but they're not there. So I think, you know, that there may be a little bit of a reversal going on there. You really think so? I, I, yeah, it's possible, it's possible. Yes, r- too some... much technology, and, then, and there being a little, little, bit of, little bit of a backlash. Yeah, I've seen a bit of that. I was, I was at somebody's house who's um, a bit short, it's cool, and they had a load of tin toys that were brand new and they just originally purchased you know you wind them up and they uh, smack some symbols together or something yeah. um, and they were delighted by those but then these were people in their 20s yeah I know yeah and I mean retro of course that, that's something that does appeal to, to, to I would say to young adults particularly now hmm. um, but you know no harm in that because you know it's there it's out there so more people might get to know about it and, and, and appreciate you know the old, older toys what are you doing about video games and, uh, and all of that stuff? All right, well, we, we'll come on in a little while to our, our sort of our small sort of computery display, but um, obviously we can't, we, it's a huge field. Um, so what we decided to do is we would collect um, some of the kind of major hardware pieces um, and a small selection of the actual games that would be maybe just, you know, the, the one the famous ones. So, for instance, we've got, you know, one of the, one of the first Game Boys, you know, with Tetris. Um, we've got uh, Sega Mega Drive with Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, um, that sort of thing. Um, and, and some earlier, these sort of earlier uh, versions of, 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 of computer or handheld games. So we can see those in a minute. But, but first we've got to go get through clockwork. Oh, yes, we're still in clockwork, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, and there's a Charlie Chaplin toy. Have we looped around? Another Charlie Chaplin toy. It's a Charlie Chaplin, it's obviously. This yes, time it's a wind- radar. I think his, uh, <laughs> his umbrella's going to rotate if we wind him up. You've seen him. Have you seen him work? No, but no, he's got a great big key on one side. In the picture, his cane is elevated. You're right, you're right. I think that's what he does. I haven't, I haven't actually seen him work. What we do have, because obviously these, all these moving toys should move, and we can't have them moving. That's a bit it's of a, a shame. It's a bit of a letdown. But we do have, we have um, computer terminals, which we've actually 
had for quite a few years and are still going strong, which um, show the movement. So we actually did wind some of these up and film them. We x-rayed some of them as well, so people can see what they look, yeah, how the, how the mechanism works inside. Yeah. Do you ever play with these? When you finish cuddling the teddy bear, do you ever get um, one of these cars out? And... No, no, I, you have to be very careful with clockwork. I mean, we, we, we did it once for that, you know, to make that film. Um, but but man, I, I'd be very worried about damaging things. Uh, and a lot of them don't work anyway now, they're too old. And we've got some amazing, like, these, these are the older, you know, or, automaton. Um, yes, yet more, yet more nightmares here. <laughs> yeah, there are, actually. <laughs> Monkey musicians is, uh, is this one. You've got two chaps dressed in Georgian finery. They look like they're from uh, Planet of the Apes. One playing a cello, one playing a violin. Yeah, it, it doesn't help that they are a little worse for wear, I think. The, uh, the, the costumes have obviously been replaced, but the, the poor faces are, are, are a little old and, and probably looking a little more scary than they should. There used to be a challenge, I think, at the London Dungeon. Uh, I'm not sure if it was an annual thing, but you, you got to sleep overnight in the London Dungeon, and if you managed to get through that, you got a certificate. Uh, I think you could do a similar thing. Yeah, well, we, we have had sleepovers. We, oh, have you really? <laughs> we had one quite recently. It was very successful. Uh, no, it, it was good. We obviously had you know, families come in, and, and um, we, we based it around magic. It was a magic evening. And they woke up in the morning and had a magician do a show for them, so it was good. So, OK, and we're into uh, Springs and Cogs. I notice they're in a, in a language other than English. Reminds me that there might be tours from around the world that, uh, that differ from what we've had in this country. Uh, yes, obviously, I mean, you ask about what we collect. We, we, we do focus on British childhood, but because the experience of British childhood can be, you know, from other countries. But obviously we do, we do get, I mean, even the local community here, a lot of those, you know, would have originally come from, from other countries, which is why we have some different languages in the, in the galleries. Um, but, and, and tourists, I mean, funnily enough, we've only just started getting a lot of tourists coming here. It used to be a very, very, very few. Again, we're outside that central area of London, so it's a, you know, a bit more difficult to get to. We're not, we're not in, you know, in, in, in people's eye when it comes to, to tourism. But we're well, that, that wave tourists. of development is—it's uh, breaking here now, isn't it? Oh yes, yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Big development going on just over the road as well, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Having, yep. Uh, we're looking at the moment. There's an enormous case here. I'd say it's uh, tw- uh, 12 feet wide, 10 feet deep. And it can take, well, it looks like an industrial loom. It does a bit. What it's, is that? It, 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 it's actually, we call it the wave machine, and it, 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 it simulates uh, the movement of waves. Um, unfortunately, I can't make it work at the moment because it's, uh, it's, it's out of action, resting, as it says on the label. Um, it gets a lot of use, so it, it, does, it does break down occasionally. Um, but yes, it, it's actually very soothing to watch. Um, but also, I mean, obviously, it, it, it does teach. Um, a certain mechanism as well. Although I don't think many many people that look at it are, are, are paying much attention to the to the educational aspect. I, I kind of love that about toys, though, that they manage to educate you by accident sometimes. You know, it's it's, it's by design somewhere along the line. But you sort of find yourself getting fascinated in the, well, what would I think of like a spirograph, for example, or Lego. You know, you start figuring out how things work and developing skills that you didn't mean to develop while you were playing. Yeah, I mean, that, that, the cleverest toys do that. I mean, the, the, the ones that people actually try and design to be educational sometimes don't work at all. Uh, we're passing lots of people on horseback. Yeah, this, these, these are the more modern um, clockwork ones. 
well. Mo- they don't look very lots modern of, to me. These look like 1950s or 1960s. Well, that's what I call modern, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, compared to the older ones. But yes, these, these are, they are sort of they are 50s, 60s, 70s. And space stories as well, of course, which, which became extremely popular with the space race and landing on the moon. Yeah, 1950s was all about uh, space and cowboys, wasn't it? It was, it really was. Like six, 60 years in the past and 60 years in the future, but not now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that was. <laughs> uh, moving on to now, we're, we're on to battery and sort of uh, electricity. We've got a Harry Potter train set for Hogwarts Express uh, and other well-known early, earlier electric trains. Well, these are beautiful. I think I've realised what's creepier than some of these toys that we've been looking at, and that, and by far the creepier thing is publicity photographs for the toys, which show children enjoying the toys. And it doesn't matter what the product is; they've always got this overposed, overexcited, manic look as they admire the toy. They've probably been sitting in that photographic studio for five, six hours trying to keep the smile up, pumped full of sugar. You've never seen a child so happy to see a locomotive go past as the one in this picture. <laughs> you get a lot of that on the covers of, of you know, boxes of, of games as well. Yeah, board games these are big board, for board that, aren't they? Board games in particular, with these happy families. Yeah, this family is really uh, having so much game. fun, you should keep away from them. Uh, Scalextric. Yeah, sort of thing version. We, have, we do have an actual Scalextric, but of course there are all sorts of other, oh, yeah, other, okay. other versions made by different companies. Oh, I like so. this one. This is Big Rig... Um, this is by Tyco. This is in electric trucking. Yeah, so it's just trucks instead of cars going around. A, if you want to take a more workmanlike approach to your <laughs> spare time. Yeah. Or there's a whole city. Where do these come to you from, generally speaking? Uh, most of our collection is donated, which is great. Um, uh, the, the amazing public come and offer us all sorts of things. Do you have a wish list going on? Um, we generally do. There are sort of certain like sort of key objects that we would really like to have. Um, at the moment, we'll probably revise that slightly because we are planning new displays in the future. So we're going to look to see what we might need for that. Uh, but I, I mean, as of this moment, is there a, in the back of your mind, uh, your, is your magpie brain switched on for certain things? Yes. What, yes. what have you got your eye well, on? Well, I mean, we're, we're standing by the optical toys here now, and there, um, there is a particular um, optical toy that we don't have, uh, which I want to have. Um, now, you're not going to name it because the value of it goes through the roof as soon as you. I, I name think, it. actually, I think I'd better not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yes, whoever's got it will suddenly be rubbing their hands together. Well, they, they are very difficult to get hold of, so, um, yeah. But we have lots of other, other ones. So, yes, magic lanterns, which, uh, again, another very popular. Uh, family entertainment of uh, the 19th century. Yeah, this, this section is quite scientific. In fact, yeah. I was at the Royal Institution not too long ago and some of these pieces wouldn't seem out of place there. No, no, they, they, these, these, I mean, and, and they, were, they were produced, obviously, we have some sort of adult versions that would have been used, but, but they did produce them for children. Um, and again, talking about health and safety, you've got your little light, your little paraffin lamp. More paraffin. In, <laughs> inside your... Lantern, yes. Um, and, and these older ones, then you have these, this lovely old celluloid film, which, of course, would have gone up in smoke at the first hint of heat. Yes, a word to any would-be time travellers, don't go back and become a child circa 1900. You'll almost certainly <laughs> perish immediately. There's a junior television set just there. And if you think about those 
1950s, 1960s are ones which are the size of a refrigerator and have a small picture in them. On this one, it's a picture of Laurel and Hardy. This was made in England to look like a real miniature television. It uses a clockwork mechanism to make it work. So actually the picture was pretty basic. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> can't imagine it being fantastic. I'll tell you what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a light and a piece of transparent film with a picture. Yeah, I, th- I think that yeah. probably sums it up. <laughs> uh, where to next? And then well, I think, you know, the, 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 the modern equivalent of optical toys, computer, computer games and toys. So, so we've got a, an Xbox and um, one of those old... Amstrads that you need to load everything up across the course of half an hour with a, a cassette tape. Yeah, and, and, and the lovely the, the lovely binatone uh, version of like, where you played Pong on your on your television set. Oh, is that one of those? <laughs> yes, let's have a look at this. Uh, but, but it uses a gun. Why would you to use point, a to point gun for Pong? Screen. Not for Pong, surely. Not, 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 not for Pong, but a, a similar sort of game. This is for silencing other members of the family while you're playing Pong. You can switch. I just oh, think it's an interesting design. Right, we're get, we need to get in close on this one. So this one, um, this is about the size of a, um, a, a tablet. It's about a t- 10 inches across, something like that. And you've got power, bat size, serve, main serve. And then you can choose your game on the right-hand side. There are... Um, Diagrammatic options there: shooting, target, football, squash, squash brackets practice. Yeah, you don't want to get serious too soon. And tennis. Those are the games that you can play. And on the box we have an early 1980s family. They're all gathered round, suspiciously close. And my golly, they're having a good time watching this pixel travel across their television screen. What silly people we are! <laughs> Hang on, can we? Are we allowed to have a photograph of this box in particular? I think I've just found the creme de la creme of overexcited <laughs> product boxes. Yes, I, he's really having fun, isn't he? If, if you were just to know, <laughs> if you're, if you're uh, listening to this on Acast, then uh, ha- have a look now at the picture that's flashing up before you. This takes it to a new level. This is 1972, the pinnacle of overexcited children. Right, what do we get? We came over here for like a like an ancient person. I realised I came over here for something, but I can't remember what it was. Peep shows. Oh, peep shows. Yes, thank you. And, 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 and here we are. We're just at the peep shows. So these these are these are peep shows. So they're co- concertinaed pieces of paper with you know la- layers of of, of, of scene, scenery. Yeah, this is one I was thinking of at all. No, all right, no, no, no. This is so this is and and um, particularly made famous of the Great Exhibition produced a lot of these based on the actual Great Exhibition, so you could look into the hall and see all the exhibits and the fountain in the middle and things like that. Thames Tunnel was another one. There were sort of things that lent themselves to looking in, in, in perspective at, at these sort of three-dimensional um, places and objects. From, they, from, they made all sorts of them. Yeah. From the angle we're looking at it at the moment, it looks like a concertina file. With, you, yeah, can, you can see that the insides are decorated. How, so what do we do with it? So you, again, you have to bend down. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> And you have a little peephole at the front. So I don't know if you can see into there. That's one of the great exhibition ones. Would you look at that? It's actually quite effective, isn't it? It really is, yeah. <laughs> I'd struggle to do, to do it justice, actually. This is much you more impressive than you'd imagine. Close. You need to be a bit closer, I think. Obviously, it's in the case, so it's a bit more difficult to see. Maybe this one here, which has a bigger hole. 
And he's even further down. <laughs> my, my forehead is practically touching the carpet. OK, so this is, well, it's not entirely dissimilar to the idea of the theatrical sets that we were looking at in the, uh, the little theatres back there. But with this one, because you're looking through the hole and because the different objects that are placed at intervals as, as we go back uh, interact with each other and, and, and create optical illusions, you've got the sense of enormous depth and detail. They're very impressive. I should rush out and uh, grab myself one. I've got to get up now. This is something that's different from my childhood. My, my failing knees. I don't remember this being such a problem. No, no, you'd be crawling around the floor, wouldn't you? Oh, yes, exactly. Which a lot of our visitors do. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, I mean, this, this whole idea of 3D was very popular, so this, this is another amazing thing called a zogroscope. A zogroscope? A zogroscope, yeah, yeah. So you're, you've got a, a, an image. It's, it's shaped like a, whole, uh, like a book, in fact, but it sort of pops out, out of a book and you have a... A, a, a lens and you lay a picture at the bottom and you look at it through a mirror reflected in a mirror and it becomes three dimensional yeah, I mean it looks like nothing until, until we look through the hole here all, all we've got is what looks like an enormous family bible open and then poking out of it, imagine somebody hiding in the family bible sticking a periscope up that's what we're, what we're seeing here now we're going to look, the, look into the periscope huh and we are looking into well it could actually be this is it this building? It's not entirely it's, dissimilar No it's, it's not actually this building I think it's, it's somewhere bit, in Italy oh, It's a bit it's more cathedral Yes it looks a bit more solid actually, a bit more stonework going yeah, on Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, well th- 3D is debatable but um, no. there's a bit more D than 2 going on It's about 2.5D <laughs> Yeah, possibly. I mean, from me up here, if you go back a bit, it, it's it, it, a little more impressive. I don't know. No, well, it's not, it's not half bad, is it? Yeah. Oh, so you can, well, you can change the images there, can you? Yeah, I mean, you know, so if, for something from you know mid nineteenth century, I think it's uh, it's pretty good. Because I'm fascinated with all these uh, these these optical devices, um, and it's you know it's interesting that they were you know they became things for children to, to, to enjoy. You talk about the educational thing, I suppose they were a bit educational as well, but um, fascinated. The, the way we're fascinated with digital technology these days, it's the same thing. Do we still have that educational, that kind of worthiness to toys? Have we given up on um, Oh no, we, uh, we do, we do, and in fact, I mean, a lot of them, you know, some people will say a ball is educational, um, yeah, because it teaches you spatial awareness and I don't know, but a lot of, I, I think, again, there was a period where everything was sold as educational, mm. but again, that's not. You know, now it's we can have fun again. I think a bit. In the, in the 1900s, you could uh, you could be educated as to the recuperative powers of the uh, the skin on the hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How long it takes your eyelashes and hair to grow back? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I sort of feel like we've come to almost a natural conclusion. There's some. Um, Oh, any other day of the week I'd have known the name of these things. They're, they're the spinning dish with the... We've, we, there are two versions. So we've got the zoetrope, which is... The, That's the one I was after. And then we've got the praxinoscope, which has the mirror, which where, where the image is reflected. So a zogroscope, you just look at it spinning and you see it move through the slits in the side of the circular drum. Mm-hmm. Uh, praxinoscope, it's the image... They've got mirrors in the, in the middle of the, of the spinning, whatever you call that, disc. 
uh, that reflects the picture, makes the movement seem smoother. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, an enormous. You can't see what's happening because the children have taken over. An enormous gang of children have descended upon this, and they're spinning for all they're worth. And the little, the little gymnasts inside are having to work overtime. Yes, unfortunately, they just spin it. They, some, some of them don't see the, <laughs> the, the benefit of what they're doing. Are you ever tempted to do it properly? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> so what's your... I mean, there's a whole, whole floor and a whole exhibition, of course. It's the... Uh, well, I'm glad we've... Actually, I'm glad we've left the exhibition for people to come and have a look at the board games. Yes, um, yes we do have another gallery upstairs. We have a, a sort of childhood galleries, um, which that, that looks more, as you say, where we've been downstairs here has been more, really, I think, more about play, hasn't it, and, and the toys and games. Um, the childhood galleries do have a bit more of our costume and we look at uh, things to do with babies things to do with what you might be when you grow up our dolls houses of course which are exceedingly popular up there as well Um, and having fun Uh, directly above us here is our good times gallery which is all about playing games and going to the seaside and things like that so there's a lot more to see here yes Mm. you probably don't have time do you (laughs) Uh, sadly, no, no. And I'd like to because have you got uh, because it's a very Londony thing, I suppose. Have you got Monopoly upstairs? Monopoly, yes, we have. In fact, features very heavily in our board games exhibition. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's on till April, so people have got time to come and see that. Well, I, I wonder if we can just because it's one of my favourite. Ca- yeah, so, oh, very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Most museums are exhibiting only a fraction of what they have. Is, this, is that the case with oh, you as well? Definitely the case. We've, we've probably got it's def- less than 10% on display. Hmm. Uh, all the rest of it is downstairs where we started off. So we do have everything you know, in the building, which is great. Astonishing. And of course, people can, can you, people can make appointments to come and visit things that aren't on display if they want to. Right. Uh, well, we're, we're passing through the Bull Games exhibition, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to neglect to tell you anything about it. Because, uh, you know, come and have a look. Oh, there are some children in prison. It's the Monopoly Jay. If you'd like to see what your children look like in a prison cell, then there's the ability to put them in one here and photograph them. Maybe as a warning. Yes, I think yes. so. Yes, put, put your toys away nicely or else. Yeah. This is what will become of you. And here's the Monopoly display case. Do I see circular Monopoly over there? You do. Well, no. We've got, we've got something very special here. This is, this is Monopoly before it was published as Monopoly. So Charles Darrow, who, who made this version of the game that became Monopoly, this is one of his, his own handcrafted games. Wait a second. This, where did he come from? America. It wasn't it London. Was this not a London game originally? No, 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 no. no, no. I always thought Monopoly was a, was a London thing. No, 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 no. Oh. Charles Darrow is uh, American, um, and his the, Ameri- the, the original properties are based on Atlantic City, which is where he used to go on holiday. Oh, I'm very distressed. Uh, I, I've spent my whole life uh, th- thinking ill of those board games that take other cities and give. I think yeah, they're not the real thing. They're not the London game. Oh yeah. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. But well, uh, the thing is, to be fair, when it, when it was when it was published by Parker Brothers in America. They gave the license to Waddington's in England straight away. So the London version did come out at more or less the same time, just, just a, you know, probably a few months after the American version. Mm, so. I feel like a fool. Oh. Tennessee Avenue, uh, Virginia Avenue, St. Charles Place, Oriental Avenue, Baltic Avenue. 
Uh, Mayfair is Boardwalk. Hmm. So there we've got the London version as well. And then, yes, what's this circular version all about? circular version? Well, you know, they're always changing the... Well, doing something to Monopoly. What in the world is that in the middle? Yeah, well, that's your your electronic bank. Um, This is a game without money. Um, You have credit cards that you slot into your little machine and it um, transfers the money or gives you money or whatever. Self-service banking? Yeah, yeah. It, it, It wasn't very popular. I think people like money, don't they? Well, I think people like uh, not a circular thing. This looks like uh, a serving mat for some sort of... Yeah, I mean, they, they, they kept the original properties uh, with the colours, you know, the, the same, but yes. Um, the other thing is, I mean, it, it, as a design, it's, it's quite nice, and also it folds up uh, into a smaller box. No, I can't oh, no. approve of this. This, no. looks, this looks like if you gave the whole thing to uh, the set designer for Buck Rogers, then they'd come up with this. This is awful. I don't approve. Can we move along quickly, please? <laughs> Over here we've got... Uh, there's writing in... in my... J- Japanese. Japanese. So okay. this is, this is a, a, a very modern Japanese set that's based around um, the sort of uh, arts and crafts of Japan, which are you know, encouraging people to, 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 to make things the way they were done in the past. Mm. And so you build your, your little studios and, and, and outlets for selling instead of having houses and hotels. Yeah, I rather like that. Good. Well, on that, uh, on that note, I guess we need to call it a day. Oh, you've got a waving... There's a waving cat. Of course there would be. Yes, one, of the, awesome. one of the tokens is a waving cat. We've got to call it a day. So the board games exhibition, you said that's on until... That's on now, right? We're, we're here. This is happening. This is happening This is now. real, real time. And it's all until the 23rd of April next year. I'm not sure whether we mentioned this right at the beginning, but it couldn't be easier to get here. It's essentially a case of getting yourself on the central line and tumbling out of the door of uh, Bethnal Green Station, and you're here. It's right on the doorstep. It is, yeah. We're just a, a hop, skip and a jump from the station. Hmm. Yeah. And, of course, we're free, I should say that, just in case people don't know. Completely free. Good. And I think you also have... Do you have, like, uh, play sessions or story times or something cool for kids going on uh, alongside all of this? Yeah, no, we have we have activities and events happening all the time. There are daily activities that happen. We have storytelling, uh, making stuff. Uh, we have art, our Art Smarts area. Uh, during holidays, we have lots of things going on, usually based around whatever exhibition is on. We've, we've, for the board games exhibition, we've had some very good evening events, board gaming events, playing games, designing games. We've got a games quiz coming up, Christmas quiz coming up. Yeah, all sorts of things going on. You know, visit the website, it's all there. Very good. Okay, well, we're, we're done here. Uh, from the V&A Museum of Childhood in Beth McGreen, Catherine Howe, thanks very much. My pleasure. My heart aches for some far-off place No one cut us left you with your name and that's all for this week. My thanks for this week to Catherine Howell. Thanks to, to Joanna Belivo and Bernie Barkley. Theme and incidental music was by Songs from the Howling Sea. I'm in Quentin Wolfe.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.